Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I saw this ridiculous chart and it made me really question my entire life. (laughs) My existence and did it make you say my favorite statement ever? Well, we're in the wrong business. No, it didn't <laughs> make me do that so much as like really made me think about all the capitalist decisions our world is making. Anyway, all this to say, it was a chart comparing AirPods revenue with a comparison to top tech companies as in their entire revenue within a given year. And first of all, I do think it's a bit of fake news. I did a little fact checking right before we hopped on (laughs) in the chart. It was claiming that in 2020 AirPods had 23 billion in revenue. And that's inaccurate, more reasonable estimates, which are still insane, you know, site back in 2019 that, it had six billion in revenue, and then 2021, 12 point one billion. Regardless, we're talking about in the billions of dollars. Yeah, for well, one. And what are they? Two hundred and forty nine dollars. Well, it depends on which ones you get. I but think that's the highest price, right? So, billions in sales, a couple hundred at a time. Yeah, yeah, that's what? a lot. And they were comparing it to like Adobe that was like for the whole year was 12 billion in sales. Twitter, 3.72 billion. Like, well, and Netflix even. Netflix, 25 billion. Even if the chart's wrong, but this other mm-hmm. stat is correct. Mm-hmm. If it was 12 billion last year in sales, that's four times bigger than Twitter. Mm-hmm. Which I mean is not surprising. It's wild because it's a physical product versus an entire tech company right (laughs) anyway and just well it it, it all goes back to i don't know if you remember this years ago now pre-pandemic even chrissy teigen kind of got wind or kind of got under fire on twitter because (laughs) she shared something about how 
her mom treats her AirPods like candy, basically. And like if she loses one, she'll just buy another set of AirPods. And she had joked to Chrissy that like they would be easier to not lose if they had a cord attached to them. (laughs) And so she was just making fun of her mom of just being like, well, then just use the old headphones that are corded. But then a bunch of people like responded and they were like, Chrissy, your privilege is showing like your mom just like washes her AirPods. She'll buy some. She loses some. She'll buy some more. Like they're $250. Most Americans at least are not acting. I've had a pair of AirPods for like four years. And I right. do not lose them because they were two hundred and fifty dollars. Right, <laughs> one, the one pair. I will say I have heard theories as to why they've been such a successful product, though, because yeah. in the grand scheme of things, there's a ton of competitors in the headphone space, obviously. Right. But it is one of the few products out there that focuses just as much on like the clarity of the sound going out as it is the sound going in. So the fact that the microphone is such a high quality microphone, it has really differentiated them because mm-hmm. technically you can buy better quote unquote, better sounding headphones, but no one's really competing on the microphone itself. And it's the best like of both worlds where it's like not perfect sound quality, but it's like way better than right. Right. Whatever. And so I was like, well, that's interesting. And a lot of it has obviously been a result of so many people now working from home or taking calls remotely. Yeah. That more and more people are wearing a device like that to capture I am just one of those people that I don't even look or ultimately care about the qualification differences. I am product committed, brand committed. And so I have the Apple, the AirPods and the, what are they? The Max? The AirPro Max. AirPro Max or whatever those headphones. And I literally get them because I trust them enough because I know they're going to work with all of my devices seamlessly and like the charging is going to be easy and all of that. And so I don't think I've ever bought a pair of headphones like for sound quality specifically. No. I was even surprised when I bought my car this year, (laughs) my old lady car, that it has the Bose like sound system in it. And what I will say is... Again, I didn't buy it for that. It just came with that. And I was like, oh, that's fancy. That's pretty cool. And so I would obviously listen to stuff in my car through those speakers. And it had been a minute since I'd been in my husband's car, which is technically newer than mine. We buy used. And so I I got like the nicest package of a used vehicle. But his car is technically newer than mine, but also used. And I got in his car and we played the exact same song. And it was like horrible sounding in comparison. There were sounds that I couldn't even hear in his car that I could hear in my car. I was like, I have been missing out on this full musical experience. Well, yeah. And that's, I think that's part of what the appeal is in the same way. Like if you listen to music a lot, you know, you really shouldn't be listening through your, no. uh, your iPhone speakers ever. no. no. But I'm also just a random person that hates having things in my ears. Like it literally drives me 
Yeah, I don't listen to music in my ears. I do podcasts when I'm like at home and I don't want Penny to listen to my. And then she was chopped up and buried (laughs) in the freezer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's like, what's that? (laughs) Nothing, baby. Nothing. nothing. Mind your own business. It's fine. She is so funny, though, because. She's been, you know, kids emulate and pick up everything that they see and do. And when she was home on break, she would set up her own office workstation and she would be on a podcast and I would come in and like check on her. And she's like, I'm on a podcast. You can say hi to everyone if you want. And so I just have to like wave at her fake computer. I'm like, hi, everyone. She goes, that's just my mama. (laughs) The funny thing is, it starts young. Like, Elliot does that, too. If he comes over, he wants to sit at my desk and, like, podcast. And I'm like, It's so funny to me. Like, she knows that I podcast, but she's literally never been in the room while I'm podcasting. She's been in the room when I do meetings, but not a podcast. And so she's doing a podcast, but she's doing it like I do meetings or a coaching call because she's been in on a coaching call before where I'm like, hi, guys, like talking to multiple people. And they're talking back to me. Not the same thing, baby. It's not the same thing. And I'm just talking to a room of listeners in the future. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. Well, kids. thanks for being here, friends. We're excited to dive in today. We're doing one of the my favorite things that we do, which is using you guys for practice. <laughs> and we have a workshop, so to speak, meeting-ish happening this week within our own team here at Boss Project to kind of go over some updates that we're doing to our team wiki page, some practices for problem solving and other aspects. And I wanted to share some of the information with you. I've been going down a rabbit hole today of learning a couple of different things about innovation, problem solving, and creative thinking in general. So I want to cover it with you. This will be best suited if you also listen to our recent episode where we did on problem solving, the four types of problem solvers that you need in your team. I'll try to get you what episode number that is here in just a second. You don't necessarily have to listen to it before, so you don't have to pause right now, but it will help you. It'll be a big part of the conversation that we're not going to repeat because we already talked about it. So it is episode 699, the four types of problem solvers your team needs. And specifically, like how this came about is, you know, in the last year, we've done a lot to put like definitions to the actual culture and behind the scenes inner workings of our team. And we've done a really great job of talking about our values and living within them and teaching our team how to live within them. And, you know, made our mission and vision a much more prominent part of the work that we do. And to kind of continue this forward, one of the things that came up in a planning session was we talked about developing a motto for our company. And specifically with a motto, not necessarily going after a weakness so much as an area you really want to enhance. And so one of the mistakes- You know, it's the same thing like when you tell kids, like you don't even know if they're smart yet, but you say, oh my gosh, you're so smart or you're so patient or you're so kind. What you say, what you speak into existence can become reality. So if you start to believe it yourself. It's an affirmation, so to speak, that you could believe just about your skill set. Right. And so the thought with the motto is like, how can you indoctrinate 
your team into a way of thinking or specifically a saying it like that makes it feel like a cult to me though (laughs) i mean how can you share your philosophies (laughs) which is also i I mean i think it's let's just be mindful of the influences you have on a daily basis emily (laughs) especially in your ears (laughs) literally today (laughs) (laughs) anyway Those of you who ask for a link for something in my DMs and then immediately go buy it and screenshot your receipt and send it to me, you are my favorite and I want to do a social experiment on you. (laughs) I love you. It's a little weird. It's a little weird, but it's good. I had someone, this is an aside and I'll get back on topic. Last week, they sent me a message. Oh my gosh, where's your garland from? Where's your stockings from? And they're like, I did look at your link tree and there's nothing on your life to know it. And I was like, well, thanks for checking. But like, also, I'm not actively an influencer. (laughs) I know. I know. Someone introduced me the other day as an influencer and I said, no, 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 I'm not. (laughs) And I don't say that because I don't want to be. It's very hard work to be. It's so hard. I'm like, I'm taking a break. That was a previous life. You can ask me for a link and I'll find it for you, but I'm not going to update my like to know. I'll tell you that right. I don't even have one. So I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, okay, so motto, right? And so we sat down and the thing that I I will say I think we tend to be really good at is trying to identify things we're already doing but haven't named or things that are already part of our culture but we haven't specifically called out. And so a great example of this is if you go back to the beginning of our company, Before we were Boss Project, we were actually Think Creative Collective. And for a whole host of reasons, we changed our name, but we never got rid of it. Like Think Creative Collective is still our legal business entity, and it has been since the beginning. And so Think Creative has always been like a part of what this business stands for, but we never really named what that meant because, you know, while we had a mission and vision that Emily and I were living within, we didn't actively have a team when we were under that name. And so we came back to it and we're like, I think this is our, like, this is already it. Like Think Creative is what Boss Project was born out of. And so why can't we name what thinking creatively means to us and our company? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's really interesting because in my research, in just wanting to impact our company culture, our team culture, wanting to build relationships and connections, and also like create opportunities for our team members to learn more and different skills, to hone their skills, whatever the creative thinking or thinking critically and creatively and thinking outside of the box, all the different ways that you could basically say the same thing kept coming up as a really big focus that managers and leadership and executives have in various industries. Like there are multiple studies that I have read everything from like engineering to tech, to the healthcare world, to the education system. And they're doing intense studies and going back to you know, required curriculum for high schoolers to enhance critical thinking and creative thinking skills in adults and how it's one of those skills that all of us want to have and want others to have, but kind of don't know how to foster it. And so I think like 
we were doing a couple of things without realizing it that supported Think Creative, the motto, or to think creatively. But we didn't really ever define it or outline it. We were just kind of like talking about it within team discussions or individualized discussions. So we use this opportunity to really dig down and define what does it mean to think creative here for our team? Why is it important to us? And then what are some ways and types of creative thinking that you could go through? And then I am taking and continuing to take it a step further and really researching actual task projects, activities, whatever, exercises that can actually flex that muscle. Because I believe, and I think you believe this as well, that and we've already talked about this on the show for sure, that we're not talking about being an artist. We're talking about creative thinking. And I believe that every single person can learn how to be better at creative thinking. Absolutely. Everyone mm-hmm. has this ability. And I do think people will have different ways that it shows up. Yeah. And different ways that they will be more naturally inclined. But in the same way that I know from actual physical real life experience, you have the ability to rewire your own brain. And so much of it is repetition, habit and building new pathways. And this is a muscle, your brain is a muscle that can be taught. And so really thinking through intentionally, what does this look like? And so for us, thinking creative really means to look holistically at a problem and intentionally gain new insights and different ideas through existing information. So we want to essentially become still in a lot of ways Uh and look around from a variety of perspectives because it's very easy to, we talk about all the time with our clients, look at the facts and look at the feelings. But like, what does that actually mean, especially inside of a team? And like, how can we analyze this both from a psychological standpoint of, oh, I didn't feel great when I was doing this or I have all of these stats based on the results of doing this other thing. But like, how do you differentiate between those different styles of thinking? And it's way more than two, by the way. It's not just analytical information and emotional input. Like, it's so much bigger than that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in my research, I identified that there's one, two, three, four, five, five different types of innovative ways of creative thinking. It's not just these types either. These are just ideas on how to get the ball rolling, but there's aesthetic thinking, divergent thinking, lateral thinking, convergent thinking, and inspirational thinking. And we can go through and and really talk about what each of those means. But I think like ultimately we're going to fall into our same natural tendencies, just like we talked about in that problem solving episode, you're going to fall into your natural tendencies of how you think about a problem, a solution, a strategy, and then how you go about solving it is going to be within your natural tendencies. And those are obviously your superpower because it's where you are naturally inclined, but it does not mean that you cannot learn how to tap into the other ways of approaching something so that you can provide a really unique perspective to both common and complex problems that your business faces. And so much of like why this is a focus for us is as a small team, we can't deny the fact that no one has the luxury of being able to sit in one role right. within our company. Right. Like everyone has to have 
some sort of hybrid approach to how they're showing up, but also for the betterment of the company long term, like you can't stay in your little box, in your little silo, in your department. Like you have to cross departmentally collaborate. You have to also be thinking about how a problem touches all these different areas of the business. And there's so much work to be had that like, if you're the one who ultimately discovers it, we want to build some ownership in carrying that critical thinking from not just the like identification of the problem, but all the way through the solution and ultimate implementation that is Mm -hmm. required for the team. Mm -hmm. And so part of this is fostering the people on your team to think bigger, differently, innovate, and really come to the table and in a way that they maybe haven't in the past. And so let's talk about the five different ways. Yeah. Now, divergent and convergent thinking are the most common. Mm-hmm. And divergent thinking is when we're talking more like that traditional brainstorming, when you're specifically thinking about every possible solution and you're allowing the imagination to really run wild and you're trying to not judge what's coming out on the other side of it. Yep. It's like no idea is a bad idea type of brainstorming session is divergent thinking. Uh-huh. And convergent thinking takes a little bit more logical approach. So it's more of a, you go on the fact finding mission, you're still brainstorming, but you're just like, based on the facts here, are like assumptions that can be made or themes that I might be able to find. Those are Honestly, the two most common types when you're sitting in a brainstorming session, either with yourself or with team members of brainstorming how to tackle, you know, a new offer, a new marketing, new pricing, new whatever, those are typically the type of creative thinking that you're doing. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Lateral thinking, which was brought up in my research, which is really interesting, it's sometimes brought up when we're brainstorming, but it's kind of brought in when you're actually coming up with solutions for problem-solving. So I found it really interesting because it's something that I find we do really well here where we might have the divergent convergent type of brainstorming. And it's like, no idea is a bad idea. Thinking outside the box, outside the box, outside the box. But lateral thinking is thinking a little bit inside the box in the sense of what is already available to you. So one example someone gave was like, if the problem is revenue, one person might be thinking we need to find a great salesperson and we need to hire a salesperson so we can land some more clients and make some more sales. A lateral way of thinking is, well, we already have amazing clients. Could we sell something else to them? Could we go back to them and re-engage them and have conversations where you're still selling? Like selling is still the thing, but the way that you're tackling it is outside the box and inside the box. Whereas like inspirational thinking specifically is I would say a bit more outside the box, but it's with a positive intent around yeah. everything. Yeah. So you're always an optimist. <laughs> yeah. You're imagining all the best case scenarios. Honestly, I have a, there's someone in our industry. I'm not going to name names. Emily will know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> and this is definitely her. And I already know who you're talking about. <laughs> It's her default. And if that's not your default, you will often see people who think this way and think they're crazy. Like, but it's people need different ways to like blow a problem up. And, and sometimes it does require you being like, well, what if it did make $3 million? Right. Right. And it's the inspirational (laughs) thinking of like, I will launch this and I'll land this many clients and that will mean this. And so as soon as that's done, I'll be able to do this. Yeah. And it's just matter of fact, inspirational thinking. Which like is fun to do sometimes. It's super to me, it fun feels a little like not realistic. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to want to like bring it back down. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would, you know, I do think we need to sometimes give ourselves the opportunity to think in a 
Well, and we literally had to. So we had a planning session yesterday and we had to kind of be inspirational thinkers for a second because we were looking past next year, three years, five years. And I actually learned that there's a name for this. I'm going to butcher it. I should have written it down. But, you know, we call it working backwards, right? Where you look at your big, sexy goal and you work backwards to break it down into chunks and you figure out how to make it happen. Well, there's also a way of looking at this where maybe your big, sexy goal is 15 years from now. And it's like a different version of your life or how you want to be making money or how you want to be living or whatever it might be. And so you kind of work backwards to figure out the steps that are going to actually get you there. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen next year. It's a 15 year plan. It's a 20 year plan, whatever that might look like. But they called it something like the 15% project or something like that to where like this year or for the next two years, you might only get 15% towards that goal. But that goal is like a 10 year, 20 year game plan. So that to me is the inspirational thinking. Yeah. And I think part of that is I immediately want to identify like, well, what does it look like to tackle that amount? And, but sometimes that's not even helpful. Like sometimes you have to only look big picture, which is wild to me because it just, it stretches me personally. Aesthetic thinking focuses on reframing the problem to see its inherent beauty and value, similar to looking at a painting. And I was trying to grasp like, do I and when would I do this? Yeah. And I only, I after thinking about it for a hot minute, the only time I do this is in my life. I don't do this at work. So like an example of like aesthetic thinking, I'm the kind of person who looks at a messy fridge and seizes an opportunity to make it look beautiful, like by containing things and like organizing things. I disagree. You do this literally every day in work in reorganizing Notion and how it looks and functions or a sauna or like reframing the meeting agenda so it's cohesive, like literally flows for the eyeballs of what's the hierarchy of the headers and the bullet points. I think that counts as aesthetic thinking. But I also, since it says inherent beauty and value, if you take beauty out of it and just focus on value, I do think we do this a lot in the sense of like, there are offers or things that we've had in our business that we have not let go of or will never let go of or don't want to let go of. And and it's ebbed and flowed definitely in our life of our business strictly because of just how amazing it felt delivering that thing or the value that we absolutely know that it provides to people. Well, I think the podcast is an aesthetic way of thinking, right? There is no logic to the show most of the time, not like in how we approach it, but it's one of the mediums that's our hardest to actually like track the ROI. And at the end of the day, even if it weren't making anything, you and I would still do it because it provides like the beauty creative value that we like doing. Well, and it definitely gives us an opportunity to work out so many things because, you know, early on the show, I feel like we did a lot of discussions where like that was the entire discussion and then like you and I move forward from that I think we're at the point in our career where this is often like the brainstorming phase on the show and then there's much deeper more in-depth conversation to follow yeah Um, and would I love to include you guys in all that sometimes but other times it's really healthy for us to have that in private anyway I agree I think you're right I tend to like want to put my life in boxes and I'm technically not an in the box thinker. So right, right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But making things beautiful is literally my goal in life anyway. Uh So Uh 
And this I goes mean, like, everything. were you literally trained the least creative person on our entire team to just change the freaking cell boxes on a spreadsheet into our brand colors? <laughs> I was going to lose my mind. I, know. I, I, I literally couldn't even read the spreadsheet in off red, whatever that was. And it wasn't even top. You've taught me just to pick up that scale and take it further. I made a spreadsheet for tracking expenses for our Taylor Swift trip and the Airbnb ticket or prices and then the ticket prices and everything and who was going and all the things. And the spreadsheet, I literally stole color codes from Taylor Swift's website. So we didn't take it for it. I love this for you. And I think, <laughs> I think it adds more value to your life. <laughs> Okay, so my absolute favorite value that creative thinking brings, which is why I honestly think we're so motivated to preach this message, to indoctrinate you all into our way of thinking, my favorite result and value that creative thinking brings is it showcases you and it enables you to actually find the root of the problem, the right problem and the root cause of that problem. I have seen sometimes I'm even surprised that like some people, not just within our team, clients, team members, friends, peers, family members in and out of this arena, the absolute inadequacy in actually identifying what the actual problem is and how so much energy, and we're all guilty of this, how so much energy can be spent in like the very surface level, flashy, loud part of the problem that actually isn't the problem. And so these exercises and different ways of thinking and getting in and outside the box and looking at it from different angles can actually show you, oh, this whole beefy loud part isn't actually my problem or the problem. It's this tiny thing here or this complex thing here. Well, I unfortunately have a theory that the reason you and I are both so good at it is it's a trauma response. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) Truly. Like, if you really think about it, if you're trying to save your own ass, being able to identify the root of the problem, it's literally a skill we had to develop way too Oh, you mean like parenting our parents? I just, I love you. I have so many things I could say right now, but I'm going (laughs) to shut my trap. That's not this podcast. (laughs) Not this podcast. But it is interesting. I did have a scenario in my personal life, very challenging like incredibly challenging that came up recently. And it was interesting to watch someone I love and consistently frustrated with just like accept their fate kind of. Yeah. And I am like, if you just go down three more steps here, like why do we accept what's thrown at us so often? And like, and I'm sure I'm guilty of this in certain areas. Oh, for sure. But there's other places where I'm like, it's such an obvious, like, right, right. right. And, you well, know, but that's the thing is just because it isn't obvious doesn't mean that you can't find the root problem. And that's what thinking creatively means. Like it doesn't have to be obvious. Sometimes the actual root of the problem isn't obvious. And I call it chasing the breadcrumbs. You can go on an archeological dig. You can go find some freaking fossils. You can excavate whatever, you know, analogy or metaphor you want to use here. But it's not like get, you have to get past the surface level. Truly. Yeah. Pet peeve of mine. (laughs) Well, and you know, I think a good example of this is like not making assumptions on the first. Yes. 
So, you know, how many times in the last six months has a client come to us and said, mm-hmm. I have less leads? Every single time it's come up, it's really easy to stop there. But you have to keep backing up from that. Yep. For some of them, it was like, oh, this one system that I relied on consistently, it is giving me less leads. But I didn't realize how much like faith and like <laughs> emphasis I put on this one mechanism continuing to work for me. Okay, right. if it's slowing down, then what else do I need to be doing? Yeah. For yeah. someone else, it was like... Oh, my leads are down. Like I must be talking to the wrong person. I must be like insert all these things they think they're doing wrong. And it was like literally the calendar was broken and they couldn't no one could go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, go digging, baby. It's not the issue is not always that there's an actual the root is related. Like sometimes right. the root is unrelated. Yes. And that can feel really hard to identify, but it's often I think it's like when you're nearsighted. And you Mm -hmm. don't have your contacts in or glasses on or whatever. And it's like everything, like you can only see so far. And like everything else outside of that is fuzzy. And it's like you're too close to it in a lot of ways. And so like it takes practice. I know some of you are like, I don't know how to get to the root. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is when I find verbal processing out loud with someone else really helpful. And it's why I will forever and always be in some sort of like mastermind coaching support system partnership situation where I have someone as a sounding board. So I can just be like, let me just talk for a second. And if I'm not the one to be like, oh, I just solved the answer to my own problem. Or if in that same conversation, the person's like, well, here's the glaringly obvious issue that you just skipped right over. And it's just that kind of mechanism that can be really helpful to just see it from a different angle. Well, and thinking about it, like the reason that works for you is because you are an auditory processor. And so part of it for you, if you're thinking about how am I going to enhance this, you need to think about how you learn. And so like if Emily processes well out loud and by talking, I process way better by having real life examples, real scenarios. And so sometimes I need to, maybe I can't play out this problem because I can't identify the real life scenario, but can I lay out a problem that's like next door, like right across the street from the problem and then like think through how did I handle it then? And like, what did I come up with then? And what sort of investigation did I do in this other scenario that helps me think of how I can dive deeper for this one? Some of you are going to need to write it down. Some of you are going to want to really map it out, so to speak. Some of you literally will need to draw it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All of those things. There's not a right or wrong way to like, quote unquote, dive deeper. Right. Like I'm going to go pull up a spreadsheet and look up analytics (laughs) and like dive into the real world stuff. Yeah. Okay. I want to walk you through just because I feel like this was really helpful for me to connect all the ways of thinking. And so like, Come back to this section, pause it, because I'm going to walk you through how you can go from, I have an opportunity to identify a problem and how do I go all the way through to creating a plan to solve it, okay? So you start by using divergent thinking strategies that will help you examine that problem from every angle and identify the true root of the issue. Divergent thinking strategies to identify it and examine it. 
Once you've actually found the root problem, not the surface problem, but the root problem, you then move into lateral thinking or convergent thinking to discover new solutions that may not have been obvious or available to you before. So once you've come up with your options of solutions, you add on constraints to creatively think to actually find the optimized solution. So add a new timeline as a constraint, a budget for the project, support, whatever it might be, that will help guide you in poking the holes and seeing new opportunities. So then it says, for example, you could brainstorm how you'd handle a particular problem if your existing budget or timeline was cut in half. Constraints can help spur unique ideas that you might have missed. So after you go through all of that process, then you should have a pretty clear pathway of like, given these constraints, or here are the ideas because of my constraints, and then the ultimate root of the problem is going to be solved by implementing these solutions. And then you can actually map out the project itself. Well, and I think some of the things that brings up for me is really being sure that the constraints you're adding are helpful and that they're not arbitrary. Right. So as an example, some people will add constraints that are just unnecessary. Like it has to be with a certain tech or it has to be with no, like... No, but I... Right. I want to be clear here. The constraints are there for you to think outside the box. The constraints might not actually be real. So like some of the constraints could be you want to, you know, I don't know, you want to develop a new service next year and like, like offer it to this many clients or whatever, whatever. Okay. A constraint could be, well, what if you had to create this offer in 30 days instead of 90 days. Right. You could still take 90 days, but I want you to spend 10 or 15 minutes to imagine you only have 30. What are the most important things? What would absolutely have to happen? What could you cut? What do you actually not care about? What if you wanted to have a certain team member actually deliver some of the scope to a client? What does that actually mean? What if you wanted to work abroad for half of next year? How does that change? Like none of these things might actually happen, but if you're opened up to a possibility, what ideas spur from that? Well, I think the thing that I wanted to nail down there was like, the constraint, they're not always necessary, but they are necessary to think in the new way. And then once you do think in the new way, I do think you have to adopt some of them as like your new truth of like, okay, well, theoretically, you don't have to do it in 30 days. You could do it in 90 days. But like, is sticking to your guns and doing right. it in 30 days what's going to be best for right. you and the company and the goal of the project and all of those things. And so part of it is like, we have a disagree and commit Uh kind of culture. And so not everyone on the team has to agree with the direction we're going. But once we've committed as a unit, we're all moving towards that objective. And so for you, you don't necessarily have to have a disagree and commit, but I definitely think having some level of commitment to this is the new scope or this is the new constraints that we're working within so that you're not lackadaisical. Because I, I have seen, I mean, this is the exact scenario for how ideators end up in a situation where they're like, I need cash to get this 
objectives started and then six months into the project, they're like, well, technically I can't finish now without more cash. Like I know many of you are not in a space where you're trying to build capital and like do that quote unquote ask. But even if you're not doing it from outside sources, you can make the same mistake on a much smaller scale with just your own cash flow. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So this segues into the last point I want to make because we're getting into a little kind of long or one of our longer episodes lately. I want to touch on the importance of the MVP. I know we've talked about this a little bit on our show before, but we are making it a bigger section within our own team culture training because one of our values is collaboration. And so what that means for us is that no one person is 100% solely responsible for like every single thing that pushes out here at BP. A copywriter is going to see it. A designer is going to see it. Sales department is going to see it. Like someone from multiple departments is going to see it, have their hands on it, have their opinion on it, whether it be a strategy, a finished project, whatever it might be. And so we don't need to work in silos. However, if we're going to bring up a concept that's a strategy, a solution, an opportunity to fix a problem that we are seeing an individual team member, then we are now encouraging our team to fully vet and explore that problem, identify the actual root of the problem, like really rank it in urgency of where does this fit in with our timeline of how important of an impact is actually doing this required of our team right now, what is going to need to happen in order for this solution to exist, who all needs to be involved, what's the timeline, like fully, fully fleshing out the idea. You don't need to design the website just because you think we need a new website, right? If that's the actual project, but you can brainstorm the importance of what pages you think need to change or like, what do you think needs to be different and then help project, not project manage, but like map out the delegation of opportunities for within that same project. And we're calling it your MVP in the sense that like, wherever you take it, it's 80%, 90%, sometimes 95% quote unquote done when you send it off to the rest of the team for collaboration. And sometimes it's collaboration from other people that need to happen in order for it to actually be done. But sometimes it's you getting kind of approval or the go ahead to finish it on your own and wrap it up and fully implement it. Yeah. And I think that's where I want to take it further. It's like, we've been talking about the MVP for over a year with our team and to the point that I think they're incredible at delivering that initial major stride. And I want to help like have them continue to have ownership over it as it moves into a new or more finalized phase. And so I hope you guys found this helpful. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up since it's on the longer side. We do hope you all found this really helpful. And thank you for being here as we kind of brainstorm out (laughs) this training that we want to have with our own team. It, It was really helpful. So thank you. If you have any other ideas on what it means to think creatively for you, or if you've even thought of a company motto for yourself or as you're growing and expanding your team, we would love to hear it. Go share it with us over on Instagram at Boss Project. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. 
Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.